Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, we're getting to my second favorite time of year here, Craig. I know. Christmas season. I don't know. It's it's a close second. It's a very close second. <laughs> <laughs> With Christmas season comes uh, our nerdy pastime of finding Christmas horror movies to do. This time, this being our first week this month, I found a very Christmassy movie that we haven't done yet, even though it's from 1984. It's a slasher film called Don't Open Till Christmas from the producers of Pieces. That alone sold me on it. Uh, No, don't get me wrong. I wasn't expecting this to be a good movie, and it is an absolute mess. But um, I have really, really fond memories of our time discussing Pieces. Pieces was kind of a fun movie. I remember it being kind of really dumb, poorly acted, but poorly acted in a really fun way. And uh, had some beautiful girls in it, some incredibly great kills. There was a kung fu ninja guy in it at one point. (laughs) It was kind of nuts. So I was looking for the same level of fun when we opened up this movie. And I'm sorry to say, I'm not sure I had as much fun this time around. (laughs) No. This movie Uh, (laughs) is a steaming turd of a movie. It's like, it is horrible. It's. We've seen worse. I don't know. If you were going to say we've seen worse, that might be uh, true, but. (laughs) It's pretty high up there. Yeah real real bad <laughs> it, what 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 makes it even worse though is that uh i was celebrating thanksgiving with my family this weekend and so i didn't have time to like i started watching it and then i had to go do family stuff so i had to get up like especially early to finish this this morning no way <laughs> so, oh i'm so sorry <laughs> i dragged <laughs> myself out of bed at like 7 30 this morning to finish this horrible movie <laughs> i'm surprised you didn't fall back asleep i wanted to and i will immediately after we're done talking about it, which I imagine will be in 10 minutes because I can't imagine what we're going to say. Are you kidding me? I took horrible. I took three pages of notes and I'm so glad I did because I'm not sure that this plot could be recounted without notes because it made no sense. It made no Um, sense. Like to even call it a plot is a misnomer. Like, it really is just now. To be fair, lots of Christmas because there's yes, it's a slasher movie about a slasher who kills people in Santa suits for an entirely yeah. nebulous reason that is only revealed at the end, and it's so stupid. Yeah, there are I don't know. Like I guess there are main characters. I guess, but. Ugh. Like, I don't even know yeah. what to say. It's so bad. You know, it, at times, the movie felt like two or three movies kind of stuck together. There were entire tonal shifts where you're like, what? What is this setting? What is going on here? And I think that's probably because, well, <laughs> A, because it's just a lousy movie, poorly written and everything like that. But um, 
I guess the film actually took, according to IMDb's trivia page, about two years to complete because the original director, Edmund Purdom, who stars in this movie, by the way, quit. And another guy named Derek Ford took over, but he was fired after a couple days. Then the distributors hired someone else to complete it and another guy to rewrite parts of the script. And then a lot of the footage ended up being refilmed. And then apparently Edwin Purdom came in at the very end somehow to finish it up, I guess, two years later. And he only agreed to star in the film on the stipulation that he also direct it. And... God, uh, did he ever direct anything after this? I'm not no, sure. No, <laughs> no, this is it. This is the only thing ever directed. Thank God. Like, honestly, yeah. it just felt like, I don't know, I, I think I watched the trailer, and it like the trailer referenced Friday the 13th, so I feel like they were just kind of trying to go, like, they're like, okay, Christmas. Okay, mm. Santa. Okay, so <laughs> let's shoot a whole bunch of scenes of guys dressed up as Santas getting killed. And all of the Santas, most of them anyway, have to be like street hobo drunken bums. Drunken Santas, yes. Every one of them is drunk and stumbling around confused. And yeah. we'll just we'll just slaughter all of them. Let's let's just shoot all that. And then maybe we'll kind of try to, like, piece a story around it. Maybe if we get around to it. And, like, (laughs) it's so stupid. It's too reminiscent of the worst movie we've ever seen in my book, Don't Go Into the Woods, where we know they just went out and shot a bunch of killing scenes that were random with random people uh, and then kind of formed a movie around that. Whereas at least in this case, all of the people murdered her in Santa costumes. Probably the same Santa costume. Might even be the same guy drunkenly stumbling around every single time. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Oh my God. I don't know that I would have noticed any different. Uh, like, I had never heard of this movie. I, I mean, obviously, the title don't open till Christmas. Like, you know, it's not like that's an unfamiliar phrase. So I, I had no expectations going in, but it, even I could tell from the trailer, like, it was very, the video quality was bad. It was really dark. And I don't know, watching the movie now, okay, so, the uh the cut that you sent me was from YouTube. Yeah. And it ran for an hour and twenty two minutes. On IMDB it says it's an hour and twenty six minutes long. So yeah. maybe this is maybe we lost something. And the editing did seem really bad. So maybe this is some kind of fan cut or something. I don't know. But like the editing, the editing was just awful. Like it just would cut from like a scene would be happening and it would be like the height of a scene and there would be like crazy music and then it would just cut to like an exposition scene and like the music would just cut. Everything would just, it was just a sharp cut. And uh, I mean, it just felt cut and pasted together and the, characters didn't even make any sense and Mm -hmm. pretty much everybody ended up being entirely inconsequential and there the ties between the characters were super tenuous and the characters had no character (laughs) like who are these people the big reveal at the end was like 
ridiculous. And I got to the bottom. So I noticed that, yeah, obviously the, the editing was bad. But I also had the suspicion that there were parts where the editing was so bad that we were actually watching a version that had been censored. Because in particular scenes, I thought the death, most of the death scenes and in what were nude scenes, the editing was supremely jumpy. So I got to the bottom of this and I actually found, I think, the full version on another site. And it turns out that the version we watched on YouTube for the death scenes and the nude scenes were cut. So that explains the utter jump cuts that you see. Like, for example, when they go over to the photographer's place and he's photographing that girl, there's at least three of those four minutes are cut from that scene alone. And it's just her being nude while he's talking to her. Just total, okay. total, all right. total that exploitation stuff, yeah. But all the other poor editing is just the way it is. It, it matched everything else just the same. The editing was better than maybe you and I originally thought, but not much better. It certainly didn't help make the story any more coherent, that's for sure, by seeing the uncensored version. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the plot, so we'll get to that scene. But, like, even that scene, everything is so random. Like, all of yes. a sudden, all of a sudden, we're just, like, on, like, a softcore porn set for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so, like, it opens up. Okay, so, like, there's, like, a heavy breather POV of somebody, like, stalking some drunk in a Santa suit. And this drunk in a Santa suit meets up with this woman and they get in the backseat of a car and start making out. And this POV is like circling the car. And at some point, whoever it is taps on the window and the guy's like, go away. And the woman's like, oh, don't worry about him. And so they just like, <laughs> like, you're just going <laughs> to bang in the car and just let car. that guy just stand out there and watch. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, whatever, you know. I guess if you get off on that, that's cool, whatever. But then eventually the, the killer opens the door and the guy gets out like, Hey, what are you doing? And Santa or not Santa, the killer literally like pokes him. With a knife. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is his MO. It could have been it's a poke it, with a knife. It could have been a pencil. Like he just like <laughs> like poke <laughs> and a little tiny spot of red shows up on the guy's white shirt and he falls over dead. <laughs> Did you notice? That in almost every circumstance where he stabs someone with a knife, it goes into the same place and looks exactly the same. Oh, it's God. like they had like a retractable knife or half retracting knife that pokes like a little blood bag under the shirt, which immediately stains it. Yeah, it's oh yeah, it's like horrible. like one of those like fake switchblades that you know mm-hmm. they used to make as toys when we were kids that we had as kids. <laughs> yes. Like, oh. oh my God. And, and so, and he stabs her too, and she's dead. I, maybe the best part of the movie was the credit scenes where there was like this really creepy plastic Santa that just burns yes. through the credit sequence. I liked that. <laughs> Which was a total ripoff <laughs> totally, of Halloween, definitely. right? Total Halloween ripoff. Yeah. Then we go to a Halloween party. I, that's what I thought it was. It looked like a Halloween party. In a disco, and everybody's dressed in goofy costumes, and there's a stage and a Santa backstage who is really putting a lot of effort into his Santa suit. 
<laughs> he's like at a makeup table and they're like, oh, you're going to go on. And he's like, goes up to this girl. And he's like, how do I look? Does it look right? And she's like, oh, you're a little too hot, heavy on the rouge. And he takes off his uh, hat and his beard and he goes, oh, fix it, please. I don't want to go out there looking like a gay queen. <laughs> And then another dude comes in and sits down next to him and says, hey, you look like a gay queen. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not the first time that this comes up. It's really kind of silly. Actually, I'll tell you, the movie tries really hard to be funny in parts. Like there are actual jokes that have been written and scenes that have been written to be funny. But the acting is so poor. The delivery is so bad that it. It doesn't even approach funny. No. It just completely falls flat. So this Santa goes out, and there's a guy walking around with a spear. He's in a grotesque, like, shrunken head mask or something. And they make it very clear to us that this man is sinister because the party music's going on, and he passes in front of the camera, and suddenly the party music cuts out, and this da-na-da-na-da-na music comes. And then as soon as he's past the camera, the party music comes back on again. The music editing in here was super abrupt all the time. Yeah. It would just cut in and out of music or cut from one music to another with no transition. Sometimes in the middle of a scene, in the middle of action, it just felt so cobbled together. So I don't know if this is a thing in Britain. I know I've been, um, I've been in England during the holiday season because my sister lives over there. And they have this tradition called pantomime. It's like a silly play that's meant for kids, but also for adults to enjoy. And it usually has a, a wacky range of characters that, uh, in, in, you know, including fairy tale characters and a king and a queen and some goofy, silly kind of kids plot. And you're supposed to sing along and all this stuff. And then Santa at some point also makes an appearance, whether he's a main character in it or it's about him or whether he just comes out at the end and hands out toys and things to kids. Now, this movie was clearly takes place in London and is pretty much all British actors, I think. And this Santa comes out and gives like a performance for this adult crowd, handing presents to them. I don't even know. It's so weird. It happens a second time. He's only out there for like a minute and then he gets a spear through the head and like the spear comes out of his mouth and it looked all right. Like it was super abrupt. Like we just met these characters, but it just happened so fast, but at least the effect, this one effect Mm -hmm. looked okay. And I thought, well, you know, maybe we're just going to get a movie where there are just going to be some like interesting kills with fun, practical effects. And I'm down for that always, but no, this is the only <laughs> even somewhat interesting one. Yeah. And, and we're introduced... Okay, so this Santa, apparently, is the father of a woman named Kate. And she's the one that was helping him with his makeup. And she has a boyfriend named Cliff. I think that they're kind of supposed to be central characters. But every character is clearly only written... So that there can be some sort of glue to the story. Like, yeah. And it's so tenuous. Like, it, like, like, even these characters who we're supposed to kind of know and follow, 
We don't know anything about them. They're not interesting. They're really not important to the plot at all. It's just the only glue of a story that we have. And it's so dumb. Like, I don't even know who they are. Like, Cliff is like a flute busker. Like, yeah, that's how they make their money. Um, He's got a really nice place for just being a flute busker, I'll tell you that. Well, right, like, and that's, like, that's all. Like, and her job is to hold the hat. To hold the hat! <laughs> well, he just stands there and plays the flute, like, It's so what? weird, right? I feel like it's just, like, maybe he could actually, this actor could play the flute, and so, you know, they gave him something to do for the movie. After the Santa gets murdered, which, and everyone stands around and does nothing. Yes! Like, not oh even my God, looks I totally, of horror like, on their face. No, just, like, they're just like, oh, my God. What just happened? Like they're Even just the all standing there, and like the like Kate is like holding her dad, like oh no, like, like <laughs> and, nobody is nobody panics. Like if somebody had just gotten this, if I were at a club and somebody had just gotten a spear through the head, I would be getting the f- out of there. Like what? <laughs> all right, <laughs> they're just all standing around like consoling each other. It's okay. <laughs> at least it wasn't us i guess <laughs> at least it wasn't us hopefully the killer's gone or it doesn't have another spear <laughs> and and cliff runs over to the bar where there's a looks like the guy standing but it's just he's put a dummy of himself there i guess and then just kind of does a half-hearted smash of his fist on the bar <laughs> And then we cut to Scotland Yard, or New, New Scotland, Scotland Yard, Yard, whatever that is. I don't know. Uh, and there are two detectives named um, Harris, who is the main guy. He's the inspector. And Powell, which, who is like the, the constable or his sidekick or something. And uh, they go to visit the victim's family. The, so the woman and, and her boyfriend. Uh, I guess it's her boyfriend, right? I guess. Or is it husband? I don't know. It's never really explained. doesn't matter. They could be brother and sister for all we know. Like, who cares? <laughs> it could be, actually. <laughs> they claim, well, it was the costume. He was the victim of another Santa murder. So this is the second or third of several Santa slayings, the, at least the previous one we've seen. And then well, I think from here, it cuts to another third Santa murder, right? Well, it does. I mean, they just, like I said, it's they, they filmed all these Santa kills, and then they just kind of wrapped a story around it. So... We see another street Santa who is also like the chestnut roaster. Yep. So he he gets strangled and then his face gets pushed into the roasting chestnuts. And none of this looks great. Like in it, the in the uncut version of this that I saw, he pulls his head back up off of the barbecue and you can see that his face is all black while he's screaming. And then drops his head back down on the barbecue, and he catches fire. Okay, so it's a little bit better. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. No, trust me, it doesn't look good. It it doesn't look good. It looks like his face was painted black, and then they cut away from it, and uh, there's just a dummy that catches flame. That's it. And then randomly, like the postman uh, delivers a gift to Inspector Harris that says, "Don't open till Christmas." 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the maid's like, you should just open it now. And he's like, no, it says don't open till Christmas. So he puts it away until the end of the movie. Like, yes. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> and the maid's character was so unnecessary. She has a really, really long dialogue scene here. I wrote her name down. I thought she was certainly going to come into play because she's chewing up so much scenery this early on in the movie. True. And then she just completely disappears up until like one shot when she gets called on the phone later. And that is it. Then we get back to that couple. And (laughs) I just love this, this line. My father's just being murdered. I can't concentrate. And then we're in a phone booth and this weird guy uh, named Giles calls uh, Inspector Powell and gives him this cryptic, nonsensical call. Tell me, Sergeant Powell, would it help your promotion prospects if you were to solve this case personally? Sorry, I don't understand. What are you getting at? Do you have any information, sir? Just think about what I've said. I'll be in touch. It just doesn't. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. And like, as as soon as Powell gets off the phone with him, he call like he rings up the Daily News, but we don't see that conversation. So right, we have no idea what's going on there. There's a lot in this movie that we don't see. Right. <laughs> another Santa, another drunk Santa gets shot. Like, he's just walking around and somebody steps in front of him and sticks a pistol in his mouth and shoots the back of his head out. Yeah. It's so random. Like, these, I swear to God, I'll stop saying it because I've said it like two or three times, but I swear to God, they just filmed these kill scenes and then wrapped around them. That's it. Just as bad, honestly, as, you know, don't go into the woods. And this is a sin that's committed by a lot of these cheap grindhouse type horror movies is that they don't know how to build any tension right there's no tension about any of these scenes i mean first of all there's no pathos like we don't care about these people because we have no idea who they are we've just met it's just a rando drunken santa person and second they're just stumbling around and then immediately they get killed Mm -hmm. by whatever method there's no shadow around the corner them creeping around them running for their life anything like that it's just they get stabbed and then that's it well that's another thing another thing that really frustrates me okay first of all this weirdo giles approaches kate i think at her apartment but she won't talk to him he's a reporter she's not going to talk to him or whatever but then we get to the scene that you were talking about that apparently was heavily cut where cliff takes kate cliff is out busking but you're right but then he takes her to his friend jerry's apartment and he's like, mm-hmm. Jerry's a photographer, and Jerry is photographing this woman named Sharon, and it's obviously like a very sexy shoe. In the cut that I saw, she's wearing something like a, a jacket or a, a robe or something that almost exposes her breasts, but doesn't. And Cliff says to Kate, a couple backed out on him so I told him we'd do it. Like, did you just bring your girlfriend over to shoot like porn stuff? Like, yeah, apparently in your so. Creepy friend's apartment without telling her. Yep. Like that is what? Randomly, the friend that you just bumped into basically earlier that day. Yes. It, it's so bizarre. 
Yeah, doesn't and make any sense. Well, it's and, just and an she's excuse. like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, she's not as annoyed by that as she is as when the photographer pulls out a Santa outfit and says, "Hey, you can put this on," and then she's like, "What? How insensitive of you!" After my father's death, and she runs out angry. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> Cliff Cliff doesn't run after her, and then Jerry just suggests. Hey, you don't need to run after her. No. And Cliff's like, okay, yeah, I guess not. Hey, why don't you take Sharon home with you? And Cliff's like, okay. <laughs> and so he completely, completely ignores her and goes out with this Sharon girl outside. She doesn't put on any clothes. No. They stumble outside the door and <laughs> she's got a robe on though. She put on the Santa robe, but she's just... She's only wearing the Santa robe and skimpy lingerie underneath. Like, it is winter. Put your pants on. Like, what is happening? I mean, you know why, but... <laughs> I get just they... so she can run around. But that's the thing. Like, the second they get out there, he gets spooked by something. The cops. I don't even... He looks at the cops. He says, oh, my God, they're going to think we're a couple of gays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hurry up and run. Never mind that she's a woman. Like, none of that makes any sense. (laughs) And then he just bolts. Like, he just (laughs) takes off running and just leaves her standing there. And then. No, he, I don't even understand. And, and then, so, like, they just saw the cops. He bolts. Then she's standing there. And then all of a sudden, she's being pursued by presumably our killer. And. She gets cornered by the killer, who now is wearing some weird mask yeah. for no explainable reason. Like, we've never seen this mask before. Translucent yeah, it's like kind a, of mask or something? Yeah, I mean, we've seen these kinds of masks before. I mean, it's just basically like a, a face, but it, it's kind of translucent. It, it almost looks kind of like a baby doll or something, but it it's kind of creepy. But the killer, like, raises his knife like he's going to kill her, but then they do close eye shots on both of them, like they make eye contact, and he doesn't kill her. And she just no. gets run. She runs away and. No, no, no. She doesn't just run away. She stands there while he slowly opens a um, razor blade and approaches her with the razor blade toward the neck while she just stands there and then runs the razor blade down her chest. Now, again, in the uncut version, her by this point, he has opened up the front of her of her robe. And it's just a leering shot where he's bringing the razor blade down past her chest all the way down to her crotch where she does have panties on, lingers there for about 10 seconds before bringing it all the way back up to her, then closes the razor blade, gives her one last look, and runs off. Then she goes. In the meantime, she is just standing there while he does this. She's not backed up against a corner. No, She's just standing there which a lot of girls in this movie do when they're approached by the killer. They just stand there. And then she gets questioned by the police, and the only detail that she can give is that he has smiley eyes. And, like, Mm. this comes up several times throughout the movie. (laughs) Like, people just keep... The only thing I can remember is that he has smiley eyes. 
and it <laughs> is entirely inconsequential. It means yes. nothing. Like, and and do we even ever see that mask again? Like, we do. We see it one one or one more time. But you're right. Most in most of the killings, we never see the face. We never see that mask. It's just twice. Yeah. <sighs> then Santa goes to a peep show. <laughs> some sleazy peep show down a flight of stairs and sits in front of this window where there's this actually of all of the actresses and actors in this movie i thought this girl was the most fun she seemed cute and bubbly and she was yeah she was the only one playful and kind of acting normally like i mean her she was probably just playing herself but in that regard her acting was actually quite good i thought are peep shows real? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Or are they just in movies? Because I've never been. To- I mean, I've never been, but uh, they used to be, <laughs> I guess. Do yeah, those- I don't know, but every time I've seen them in the movies, they've been different. <laughs> Do those girls just, like, sit behind that glass and just watch guys jerk off all day? Like, is that their yeah. job? <laughs> this would have been, like, um, this was the cam show before we had the internet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I guess cam shows have probably taken over. But I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to arrange a field trip sometime. <laughs> Research for our movie, uh, our podcast, because it comes up in, in our movies every now and then, yeah. True. Um, so, so he sits down, and they actually have kind of, I mean, what I thought, the most realistic writing in this whole damn movie. <laughs> this well, I mean, she nervous. seems like she's good at her job. You're right, like, he's nervous, but she kind of makes him feel at ease. And uh-huh. <laughs> and then, out of nowhere, again, with no tension whatsoever, this knife goes into his neck, and blood that looks like red paint splatters all over the glass. She screams, and manages to run out of there. I'm really not sure how the geography of this peep show thing works because it seems like there's only one entrance and exit for both the performer and the the customer, but she somehow manages to escape. Oh, but wait. This, this I think, was my favorite piece of dialogue. It's my first time in this sort of place. Me too. Really? You see, I live with my mother. So do I. <laughs> I don't think my mother would understand. Does your mother know you work here? She ought to. She owns it. I'm just filling in. Oh, for another girl? No, for my mother. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. It's supposed to be really funny, and uh, it kind of is, but it somehow just doesn't play. You're right, though. She kind of is the only actress or actor in the movie who seems a little bit natural a little bit like you kind of believe her character as opposed to the rest of them who i don't even know if they knew (laughs) yeah so then after this everything just gets random and really choppy i think especially from this point on like it's just these very short choppy scenes nothing's very well connected um and a lot apparently happens in between them like, the next scene is Cliff and Kate are at home, and Cliff has a bandage wrapped around his hand. And suddenly Harris comes by again. For what reason, I don't know. I don't know why he keeps visiting them. Because presumably he's gotten all the information he can from them, but he comes back by anyway. They don't know anyway. anything, right. No, they don't know anything. They can't help, right? How could they help? But in any case, 
He says, oh, what happened to your hand? And Cliff says, oh, I heard it. What did he say? Did he say he punched his buddy, Jerry, or whatever? I don't like, remember. I thought, okay, this is going to be significant. Like, he injured his hand. Was there maybe a knife cut? Are, are they implying that he got hurt in a scuffle, that maybe he's the killer? But this is the only scene in which his hand is injured, because then in the next scene we see him, he doesn't have a bandage around it, and it's never mentioned again. I don't know if that was supposed to be a red herring or if it was just poor editing and writing. Right. And then Harris and Kate have a as, as she's leaving i think cliff's like get out get out and kate kind of sees harris to the door and then they have this oddly intimate discussion may i come and see of course miss Bryalski. you know where my office is no i'd like to talk to you somewhere less public <laughs> yes my There are very few of these out, Miss Pujalski. Kate. Uh, You're very welcome, Kate, but please, not today. I'm like, are they flirting? (laughs) Is this like clearly 50 plus year old guy flirting with this young sort of Jane Fonda lookalike? And I thought that was going to go somewhere and become this kind of odd romantic thing. And I don't know. It doesn't really, does it? Or do you still no. think that was implied? No, I don't know. The characterization is so loose. And, and, yeah. and like, there are all these characters, and you don't know who any of them are, and you don't know what any of them are doing. Like, Giles, this reporter, supposedly, visits Detective Powell and is asking all these questions about Harris, throwing suspicion on Harris... And and then immediately leaves. And then immediately (laughs) leaves. And then Powell starts following Harris. But, like, it doesn't lead to anything. No. And then it just goes to the next Santa kill where this drunk Santa on a bicycle gets chased by some punks. and And then gets chased, apparently, by the killer to the London dungeon, which I... Red was something that they reshot. Uh, this was something that they added in, and it's hilarious. Like, it's yes. really just an opportunity for this Santa to run around the London dungeon as a set piece. It's a wax museum, basically, with a lot of horrific. Yeah, at- I've imagery. been there. <laughs> oh, okay. It is a it is a tourist trap in London, uh, and there's probably more than one location. I don't know, but uh, it's a total tourist trap. But it is exactly what you see in the movie. Like it's like a wax museum of. It's supposedly like you know the history of the horrors of England, like torture chambers and blah. blah. It's it's silly and ridiculous. Yeah. I had a good time. Well, <laughs> you got to see a lot of it in the movie because this goes on for like 10 freaking minutes. Him just slowly stumbling around there, looking up at things and being shocked by this and being shocked by that. In the meantime, someone who's dressed in like a monk's outfit and a different mask, who apparently has been sitting in the London dungeon this whole time just waiting for a drunk Santa to come, 
Uh, you know, it's one of those eyes look left, eyes look right. Oh, my God, it's yeah. not a dummy. And it steps away from the wall and starts following him. It's the closest thing to tension we can get here. But it really does beg the question, how is this killer there ready and waiting? I got the impression that he followed him in, but... No, we don't ever see <laughs> him being chased by the killer, though. I guess that's true. The punks chase the Santa, get, chase him off his bike. He falls off the bikes. The punk apparent, punks apparently only want to steal his bike. They run off, and then he just, like, climbs over a wall and stumbles down a street and into that, that door. He's not running from anything. Not that we can see. In, in the uh, London dungeon, I'm saying this because my sister listens to this podcast and she was there with me, so I'm saying this just for her, but in there, they show there's, like, an animatronic devil that, like, talks, and it's talking like this. Like, they really had that, and we were standing in line, I think, for a long time to get in. The audio that was playing was just on a loop, and I don't remember anything that he said except for something about suckle at the teats of the sows of hell (laughs) 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 and every time it would say that we would just die no Uh, way so funny (laughs) hilarious uh yeah right okay so but that santa gets killed he gets stabbed in the gut after having like a, a ninja star thrown at him and then a knife thrown at him. He finally gets stabbed in the feels gut. like a different movie, really. I mean, the set is all weird and different and that suddenly it's suddenly just taking its time. It's the closest thing to stalking we have in the whole film, really. Yeah. And and in a different movie, it like it might have been OK. But in in this movie, I mean, everything is just so cobbled together. And then yeah. we get another shot of the cops where they talk about how they're going to put cops on the streets in Santa suits, which we never see. Like, yes. <laughs> there are all these ideas thrown around. Oh, that never that's happened. a good idea. Yeah, that never happened. Then Harris attends a fair, apparently a circus, for no reason. He's walking around, anyway, the circus. And two more Santas st- stumble out of the bathroom, presumably drunk. One of them takes a piss on something. And then there's, I guess, a third Santa that is in the the circus tent on the stage giving another little performance where he's just walking out and handing out toys to kids. And the sound here is so bad. It's like there's no sound of the crowd. There's no sound of anything except the obviously dubbed after the fact, Santa talking. All right, all right, now then. Which of you little kiddies didn't get no present earlier on? There was one over here, if I recall rightly. Well, what it you? Yeah, here you are then. And one over here. Now then, don't you go noshing all this in one go, otherwise I'll have your mum after me. Suddenly it's day, sometimes it's night. I, I, the shots here go back and forth. The two Santas outside get killed. One of them gets kicked with a a boot knife. Like, that's the other thing. Like, the Santa has no M.O. Like, yeah. he just has a bunch of random... The killer. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. The, he, this guy, one of them gets... Like, a knife shoots out of the killer's boot, and he kicks him with it and kills him, and he kills the other one. I don't know. Yeah. In the unedited version, the third Santa comes out and he gives him another punch in the face, I guess, uh, with the fist, something on his fist, something hard. Yeah, I saw it. 
and there's a close-up of his eye hanging out. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, no, what, that was. I guess what I movie. saw was pretty heavily edited. It's not that great, which is fine because the more you could shave off of this movie, the better. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I can just go through. Uh, Harris visits Kate again just to tell her to keep him posted. <laughs> and yes. then and he also says something about Cliff. Oh no, no, no. Harris says Harris says that right. Well, because Cliff has been around. Cliff has been. Cliff even like calls it out. He's like, "Holy crap! I've been at the scene of like three of these murders. They might think it's me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Well, and Harris sees them busking outside, and it's a very odd exchange that they have. It's like it's like they're they're almost like they're gonna try to hide from him, but he comes walking over, and Cliff runs off, and she just stands there. And she and Harris, from about, you know, 15 feet apart, have this odd exchange. Is this how you make a living? Yes, sometimes. I realize Cliff could be of great use to us through his connections. He's liable to reach a breakthrough long before we do. Well, we'll just have to keep in contact then and exchange the latest news flashes. I was going to ask you just that. And I'm like, what? How how is he <laughs> what? He's a busker, he has connections, he can it didn't make any sense. That was a bizarre exchange. Uh, everything is uh, the you know then it cuts to Powell questioning the peep show girl and she says, "I don't remember anything except he has smiley eyes." I do remember one thing. His eyes they sort of smiled behind the mask. If I saw those eyes again, I'd recognize him. If he was smiling. And then she <laughs> leaves. And, like, on her way out, she, like, talks to a guard or something. And, and then she's being followed. And I was like, is the guard following her? Like, I, I didn't even mm. understand what was happening. And then Kate tries to call Harris. But his receptionist says, oh, He's not available right now. And she's like, well, where is he? And he's like, oh, well, uh, I'm really not supposed to say, but he's visiting Parklands. We don't know what, like, they leave us hanging on what that means for a little while. Meanwhile, the peep show girl is back in her booth, and she gets visited by a guy, and they talk for ten seconds, and she's like, oh, my God, it's you! (laughs) (laughs) And and so he chases her around and he catches her and he's he says like now it's too late. You have seen my face. Think about the error of your ways, then I kill you. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> that like I wrote down that's what he said. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so stupid. It's bad. Uh, and the way, I mean, he chased her down a random street. She must have gone several blocks. And in the middle of, of the day. Room. In the middle of the day. And he somehow leaps out, grabs her, takes her down the nearest stairwell, which happens to be something that he set up down below. And he chains her to the bed with clearly black plastic chains before he leaves her to, you know, reminisce on the errors of her ways. Right. <laughs> It's so bizarre. I'm thinking, is right, this like, even is the this same a morality game? play all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's killing Santa Clauses, but now he's decided to like take an immediate left turn and go for peep show girls. I don't know. 
Uh, Powell calls Harris and then uh, says he's off the case. Um, Harris because- says he's off the case. It's something uh, about first, the commissioner. Uh, I don't even understand why the commissioner is giving him pressure because he hasn't found the killer or something. So he just takes him off. Yeah, of it? that 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 happens after another drunk Santa is pursued at the backstage of a concert. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just awful. There's we we get footage of this terrible female <laughs> singer. And again, you know, you'll have to tell me in the unedited version, did we see that kill? Because all I no. saw was this awful woman singing and, and quote unquote dancing on stage. And then out, like we had seen the Santa getting chased around backstage, but then the next thing that we see is like a platform raises up onto the stage with the Santa's dead body on it. Yeah, with the knife through his face, which was decent enough, I guess. The the look, the the makeup there was maybe the best. We've oh seen yeah, so it looked far. all right. But we didn't see the kill itself. Yeah, right. Just the exactly. Aftermath. And then suddenly, and then, go ahead. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you you took three pages of notes. You probably know better than me. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I, had I took to like make half sense a page of, of notes. Kate suddenly calls Powell and uh, says she's been doing her own investigation. Harris has been visiting Parklands, and Parklands is a mental institution. And Powell, uh, and she says something about his name or some kind of name change. I don't know. Maybe he has a yeah, brother. There, there are no, there are no records that Harris actually exists. Well, that's interesting. Mm. Like, how do you become like a lead detective in Scotland Yard? Yeah, <laughs> with a fake identity, you don't even exist. Plus, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would he be hiding his identity? There's no yes. reason. There's no reason. And why And and why would Powell, upon hearing this information, completely not... Well, I guess he utterly dismisses it because it makes absolutely no f- sense. But, you know, for the sake of the movie, he just says, uh, you're, no, this isn't, no, this isn't helpful. Thanks a lot. Never mind. And, and the thing is, like, we don't see any of her investigation. Like, in a normal, well-plotted movie... Some characters got to get to the bottom of stuff, and we see all that unfold. But whatever investigation she's been doing completely happened in the middle of all these Santa killings off screen, and we just hear the tail end of of her results. You know, so it's well, it's just right. And then okay, so she thinks she she thinks he's suspicious, and that maybe he has a false identity or something. So she goes on a date with him. Yes, to have turkey with all the trimmings. Like, oh my god what i don't even know like this is now we're into like the stuff that i watched this morning and i'm reading my notes and I'm like, i don't even remember what happened like so they're <laughs> on a date having like thanksgiving dinner yes he, or something he tells her he's been suspended and she says i know it's strange i'm talking with you but you're the person i feel closest to at the moment i'm like why what about your boyfriend Cliff, who randomly shows up at the restaurant, gets upset that they're that they're together, but Maitre D doesn't even let them in, him in because he's not properly dressed for this fancy restaurant. Right. Yeah. So that whole scene, like, why did it even happen? Like, uh-huh. he yeah. he he doesn't he he doesn't get to talk to them. They don't even know he was there. Like, yeah. why? So yeah. then, wait, wait, wait. Um. Yeah, go ahead. Do not forget the department store Santa, because I think that happens before we wrap up this movie. 
There's a I big, don't remember. rather large gentleman who's a terrible actor, happy-go-lucky, walking through a department store. And you're like, okay, who's this guy? And then you see that he's got some kids on his lap, and he's the Santa for the department store. Then he goes into the bathroom. You do not remember this? Craig? Oh yes, no, I do. Me? I do. I don't. Right. I can't believe I do. I have it. I because I remember typing <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> goes, Go ahead. <laughs> he, just, he just goes into the bathroom, starts to pee at the urinal, and of course the door behind him in the stall mysteriously opens, and our killer comes out with his razor blade and chops this guy's dick off. Right, which kills him instantly. Yeah. <laughs> like now, to be fair, if you got your dick cut off, might as well, and die. you didn't, <laughs> it, well, <laughs> true, and, and but like if you didn't get immediate medical attention, sure, you could probably bleed out, but you are not going to instantly die. <laughs> like, You're not gonna stand there, <laughs> and let yourself bleed out. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my god okay so kate goes home i guess and then giles who who is this rando like he just shows up at her place unannounced and then here's where things start to get explained and make absolutely no sense um so apparently giles is harris's brother and which, which by the way she worked out herself she tells she tells him I don't know how yeah. but okay and it turns out that Harris had put Giles in the loony bin, and that's why he visits the, the asylum every month to visit him. And then it's revealed that Giles is the killer. By the way, Giles is super creepy and does not have smiley eyes. So no. I don't know what these women are talking about. And then I was super shocked because he kills her. Like, yeah. he strangles her with with Christmas tree tinsel yeah <laughs> i was shocked did not expect her to die did not expect no her to die. not at all but it just goes to show like none of, all of these characters are expendable we don't know anything about them well, How powell finds her but he thinks that harris did it why does powell think then, harris did it he just dismissed her that when she claimed harris did it then he calls the what the the dispatch or the somebody that he had tailing harris right and he says, oh, you mean Harris was at his apartment the whole time? Oh, it couldn't be him then. It hangs up. Guess what? Harris wasn't at his apartment the whole time. No. Because the guy had a date with her in a fancy right. restaurant. What? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even, the internal logic of the movie doesn't even work. No, oh. and not at all. It doesn't make any sense. And then, you know coincidentally giles is still around or something so pa- so powell goes chasing after him but giles electrocutes him they're like in a car lot and harris is like uh, powell is opening like every other car just to check and see which one is his and harris apparently because he apparently was able to throw this together in 10 seconds um, hooked up a car battery i suppose to i guess the frame of the car the frame He's- of the car Oh, as soon as he opens it, it's the, the car practically explodes. Again, I don't. I as far as I know, this is not going to happen. Like, no, yeah, no. you you might get a nasty shock, but you're not going to stand there and get electrocuted with like lightning pacing through your body. Maybe the, the, I'm wrong. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know. The effect was pretty uh, spectacular, though. Lots of smoke. Lots of sparks. Well, and then, like, pretty much everybody that we know is dead, 
So so Giles goes back to the peep show girl (laughs) and she promises. Oh, my second favorite part of the movie is when she promises because he offers her some food and she's (laughs) like, well, how can I eat if my hands are tied? And he's like, "Okay, I'll untie your hands, but you have to promise not to try to escape. And she promises, but the camera is very careful to show us that she crosses her fingers when she promises. (laughs) Like if, if if a killer makes me promise I'm not going to try to escape, I'm for sure going to make sure to cross my fingers just so I don't get in trouble for lying. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? So uh, stupid. It's so dumb. So dumb. Oh, and and then he talks about how he hates Christmas. Yeah. He doesn't say why. He just talks about how he hates it. And uh, the stripper hits him with something, and then he says. You will be the supreme sacrifice to all of the evil of Christmases. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then, like, that's that's pretty much. Then we then now here. Seriously, in the last four minutes of this movie, we get a flashback that's supposed to explain to us why all this is happening, and it's dumb. Like, it's just stupid. And we've seen it before, like it. Oh yeah, it's ripped off of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, and uh, there was another one, Christmas Evil. Yes, Christmas Evil, where well, much a little movie. kid, uh, much much better, and not a great movie. So that says a lot. Um, <laughs> but you know, a little kid sees his mom f-ing Santa, and that puts him off of Christmas forever. Mm, It took me a while to figure this out. I think Santa is banging, is his dad who is banging someone who's not his mom and his mom comes up the stairs and and discovers this at the same time he does and then his dad as Santa hits his mom and that ends up pushing her down the stairs and she, I guess, dies. I think that's what happened. That makes sense. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know No, it's not clear at all. Yeah, I have in my my notes, someone gets pushed down the stairs? (laughs) 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 But that's it. Like, Well, Rick... It requires a sacrifice <laughs> for that supreme evil. She did we did we talk about this already? Did oh no the the stripper even before even before the flashback, the stripper fights with Giles the killer and knocks him off like a four story stairwell. Yeah, he he chases her with his plastic chain. I just love this plastic chain. It's it doesn't even it doesn't just look like a black plastic chain. It also looks a lot like the black plastic chain necklace that she has around her neck the whole time. And <laughs> it moves like a black plastic chain. It has no weight to it whatsoever even when he's banging it against the um the the guardrails as he's men- menacing her going up the stairs. But they don't even bother to substitute in the sound of an actual metal chain. It sounds like a plastic chain hitting the guardrails and clicking around as it's being thrown around in these scenes. It's it's so lazy. Like, there's no respect for the audience in any of this. No. This is just a cheap kind of movie. 
<laughs> you, you feel like your IQ goes down after watching. Oh yes, like it's horrible. It was so bad. And the very last scene, then it cuts to Harris in his house, and he has his gift, his "Don't Open Till Christmas" gift, and he opens the card now. Like you could have done this an hour and fifteen minutes ago and saved us from stupid ass movie um but he opens the card and it's like merry christmas from your brother giles and it's a uh, a music box but like the the instead of a dancing ballerina it's like a spinning santa and it's playing christmas music and he sits it down and he like sits down to read his paper or something and i knew it was gonna be a bomb and it was yeah. but really it's like like they put an m80 in the music box and so like it explodes like a big firecracker but apparently kills him and i guess yeah and my and that's it like it 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 kind of shows him like with half of his face uh burned or whatever and that in my notes uh dancing santa music box dot 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 it's a bomb that kills him dot 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 this movie was stupid (laughs) (laughs) it was so bad it's not watchable don't watch it it's terrible not even with your no it's not fun it's not fun it's not fun at all (laughs) actually you're absolutely right it's not fun at all and that's that's disappointing because honestly what i got me kind of excited about this movie was that it was produced by dick randall who has just made a a bunch of grindhouse sleazy exploitation horror movies sexploitation films but we saw one of those we saw pieces and yeah pieces was also really really stupid but there was something about the stupidity of pieces that just also made it charming it had a creative story it had a creative story it had some good looking girls in it it had a plot that I mean, kind of made sense. It had some utter wackiness in there that was just funny and goofy. Memorable characters. It had the Bluto guy from Popeye. I mean, it was fun and interesting, even though it was a dumbass movie. Yeah. This movie was not fun and interesting. No. Yeah, so. Oh, sorry. Great way to start off the season. Oh, I know. Isn't that crappy? Good thing we didn't wait till Christmas to open this one, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, if we had Uh, saved this for our last one, what a disappointment. But uh, we can only go up from here. And uh, we've we've talked about, we kind of have already mapped out, I think, what we're going to do for the rest of the month. And I'm actually really excited. Um, There are a couple uh, that I'm really looking forward to. So... Don't give up on us based on this one. I promise you. It, it, I mean, anything we pick has to be better than this. Exactly. <laughs> Low pressure. That's what we need this year for yeah. the holiday season. Low pressure. That's right. Well, if you have any Christmas movies to recommend to us, please send us a message. Maybe we'll try to... I think I have one slot I'd be happy to turn over to somebody who has a really, really good... Um, recommendation for us this year yeah um if you enjoyed this podcast episode please share it with a friend just don't watch the movie and uh you can find us online just uh, google two guys in a chainsaw see our twitter feed and our facebook page and our regular page and you can just leave us a comment there with your messages uh, until next time i'm todd and i'm craig with two guys in a chainsaw ah.